you are Locked On A's, your daily Oakland A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How's it going, A's fans, and welcome to episode 161 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, noted baseball fan Jason Burke, and on today's show and all week, we're talking about bullpen targets. I do get sidetracked today because some news came up, but we're talking about a bullpen target today and then bullpen targets the rest of the week, barring any other big news coming up. So today I'm going to go over who the A's have in their bullpen real quick and then give you an option for the A's to go after on the trade market a little bit later in the episode. But first today, I want to give you guys a little bit of a rundown of where the roster sits, what their payroll looks to be at, according to estimates, and then uh, see if there are other non-tender candidates for the A's because we've been seeing a lot of teams de- decline options on uh, different players to, you know, save money and whatnot. And I feel like the A's are definitely going to be in that realm. Uh, So we're going to look at some of their highest paid players, see who could, you know, be cut from the team essentially. So uh, I'm going to do that here in the first part of the episode. But uh, before I get into any of that stuff, please make sure to follow us on social media at LockedOnA's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at ByJasonB on Twitter. And if you have any questions for us, let me know and uh, send those over to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. So uh, just some real quick news from Sunday. The A's did not extend a qualifying offer to Liam Hendricks or Marcus Simeon, which is not much of a surprise, but it is now official. And it's honestly this news that made me want to go over some of the payroll for uh, the first part of this episode. I had planned on doing two bullpen arms to consider, but when this came out, I'm like, let's talk about some payroll issues and uh, see some non-tender candidates because that could be in the headlines in the next couple of weeks probably. So I wanted to get out ahead of that one real quick. Um, So with this news, Hendricks is basically gone, is my assumption, because he is one of the top relievers in baseball. He has been for a couple of seasons, and uh, I I just don't see the A's shelling out that kind of money. Probably something in the $12 to $15 million range per season over the course of two or three seasons. That doesn't seem like their MO. It hasn't been their MO, so I don't think that they're going to be doing that. So he's probably gone. Uh, Marcus Simeon, maybe he can come back just because... I know that he's a coveted free agent. He's ranked in the top five on a bunch of different free agent lists, but he does have some question marks that uh, are attached to him because he had that one killer 2019 season. He's been, you know, pretty decent in other seasons, but he hasn't been, you know, electric in those seasons. So uh, there's some questions about him in his free agent year. And uh, with the market being probably what it's going to be this year with uh, not that many teams spending a lot of money, maybe there could be a deal that could be had between him and the A's, whether it's like a one or two year deal. If he's willing to accept that, maybe the A's come to the table and, uh, you know, offer him a decent one or two year deal to get them to Nick Allen and, you know, those years. Um, Or, you know, maybe a team like the Phillies or something like that is going to back up the truck and go, you know, four and 60 or something like that. That's definitely out of the A's price range, but it's something that could happen. Uh, But if you're going, you know, two and, I don't know, like 24 or something like that, maybe that's something that the A's could be interested in. Again, I don't think that they're going to be spending a ton of money this winter, but uh, maybe if they cut some corners in other ways, then they would be able to afford Marcus Simeon because there's not a lot of other options on the market at this moment in time. Although there will be some non-tenders all around the league. 
Uh, a lot of reports are saying that there are going to be more non-tenders this season than in any other offseason with teams just trying to save money where they can. And, you know, cutting guys that make a lot of money is one way to do that. So uh, it's going to be interesting to look at the names that become available. I've gone over some of these uh, in the last week or so, some bullpen arms specifically that have become available that could be interesting ads for days. I'm going to go over those in more depth this week. So uh, make sure you go back in the catalog and look those ones up and uh, subscribe to the podcast. Make sure that you listen to the ones that are coming up because there are some decent options out there that could be had at at a steal, in my opinion, uh, given the way that this winter is probably going to shake out. But moving on, I did some digging and uh, with the A's guaranteed contracts, there's not a ton of them. So uh, it wasn't a lot of digging on that uh, aspect, but uh, there are estimates and stuff for arbitration and all that stuff and how the current payroll is going to shake out. So there uh, fan graphs and spot rack. Uh, I trust fan graphs a little bit more, but uh, spot rack is another one. I think that's like sport, sport track, whatever, however you say it. Uh, that one, uh, they're, they're basically saying that the A's payroll is somewhere between 68 and $72 million uh, as of right now. And that's with, you know, filling up the roster that the, the holes in the roster to fill out a full roster uh, with, you know, guys that make major league minimum essentially. So, there's room for the ace to spend a little bit more money, but if you're going to go after some of these guys like Brad Hand, who I'll, I'll mention a little bit later in the week, or Resign Marcus or something like that, all of a sudden you're getting up into that $90 million range, and I don't know that that's necessarily where the A's are going to be. If they can get to like 80, 85, I think that they'd be okay with that. But right now they have uh, big holes at second, short, one spot in the rotation is open. They got two bullpen spots. And for the sake of just putting out people on the roster, I put AJ Puck in the bullpen. So he could be, I, I don't even know if you want to count on him at this point. He's just like an extra guy. Uh, so you might need to get three bullpen arms and then the, the rotation spot anyway. And then if AJ Puck returns in 2021 and he's healthy, then all of a sudden you got an extra arm and that would be wonderful news. So uh, I don't know how that's going to shake out, but what does the roster look like overall? Uh, I wrote everybody down and, uh, you know, I've been over some of these guys before in the last couple of weeks with uh, non-tender candidates in the past, but uh, I'm going to go over the new list just because uh, Chris Davis, he's making $16.75 million. I think that if the A's could, they would trade that money. Um, I just don't know that with how he's been performing, if they're going to be able to move that for, I mean, I, I think that they just move the money, let alone uh, whatever they would get in return, just because if they moved six, almost $17 million, that would open up a lot of other spots for them to spend money if they wanted to, or just pocket the extra $17 million. Um, that seems like something that they would do if they could, or maybe even eat half of that and do whatever with that. Um, Susan Slusser has been saying Stephen Biscotti is, you know, a trade candidate for sure. Uh, I definitely agree with that. He's due $7.25 million this year. And, uh, if they can find somebody to eat that, uh, I think they do it, but that's not really money that you can non-tender whatever. If you cut him and he doesn't get claimed, then you're just on the hook for that money anyway. Um, though the one there are a couple of names that are big on the non-tender market, and that would be number one, Mark Canna. He is estimated at a arbitration salary of $6.8 million, and uh, I, I think that Mark Canna is a good piece for the, the offense. He fouls balls off a lot. He works the count. He, he's a good at bat for the A's. He can play all over the outfield. you like that. He can fill in at first base if you need him to, and if you're the A's, you definitely like that versatility that you can use him in the uh, in the field kind of wherever you need him to, except for middle infield and catcher, and also third base. Um, but I think that at $6.8 million, that's probably a little bit high for Mark Canna. Not in a regular year, no problem. But this offseason, I think that 
they they will definitely explore trying to first trade him and then maybe even non-tendering Mark Hanna and then just letting Seth Brown at you know major league minimum take over his spot and uh, see what happens there. Or they got other uh, outfield options that could take that uh, spot as well. Or at the very worst, you get a couple of guys for $2 million that have, you know, reverse splits and you throw both of them out there and just platoon the position. So uh, I think that that could be a way that they go. Obviously, that's two roster spots as opposed to one, but you're saving, you know, almost $3 million if you do it that way. And that's probably something that John Fisher is going to be very excited about. Uh, so I don't know that Mark Canna is going to make it through the offseason as an Oakland day. Uh, prove me wrong, but I think that that's... It seems likely at this point that he would be a non-tender candidate. Uh, the other w- big one would be Shamanaya. He is due $5.3 million in uh, as, a, as an estimate for arbitration. And I think that for the A's, they'd rather go with one of their young guys, you know, Caprillian or Dalton Jeffries or Grant Holmes, one of those guys, throw them in the rotation, see what happens, sign a couple of veterans, and, uh, you know, go for it that way. Because Manaya, he's been uh, up and down a little bit. I personally still believe in him, but, you know, is he going to be the A's ace? Probably not. Uh, could you find another third or fourth starter for cheaper than $5.3 million? Probably. And I think that's probably how they're going to, you know, go about it. Would I like to see Manaya sign back with the A's if they non-tendered him? Yeah. I mean, they've done that before with, uh, you know, Mike Fires was uh, a very recent example. They got him for a couple of years at, you know, a discounted price. So maybe that's something that they try to do again, recreate that magic with Shamanaya. Um, is it going to happen? I don't know. He'd probably want to test out the market a little bit, but it'd be nice to see Manaya still with the A's. I, I just like him. So I'd like to see him stick around and all that. But uh, there's other options. They could probably do what he does that don't carry the same amount of injury risk. Maybe they just get like another bulldog kind of guy, like a Mike Fires, who he's going to make his starts. That's He's not going to go on the IL or anything like that. So uh, maybe they go with somebody who's just going to eat some innings and you know save the bullpen as much as they can. Um, the other guy that could be a non-tender candidate for me would be uh, Tony Kemp. I like him a lot. He's only due a million, well, just over a million dollars. But uh, and I think that he fits with the team. He can you know play the outfield and middle infield a lot. Uh, he can do you know uh, the things that you need him to do. But at the same time, they got Vimeo Machine right there, and if they feel like he's ready and he can fill in as much as Tony Kemp would play, then you know, they, they've got a cheaper option right there waiting for them. So uh, maybe they go that route for that. Uh, it kind of depends on which how they fill shortstop and second base. If Tony Kemp's going to be the start, starting second baseman, then you're probably not going to non-tender him, I would imagine. But outside of him splitting duties with, a, you know, uh, Chad Pender over at second base, you know, go righty-lefty on that, then I don't think that he is necessarily needed for the team. Uh, is he a great piece to have? Yes. But at a million dollars, he can... John Fisher is like, find me somebody else that can do that for cheaper. And so that's the only reason that I feel like he could be a non-tender candidate. Um, yeah, that's all. So those are the most prominent A's guys that could be non-tendered. I don't think there's anybody else that's really making a ton of money that could be non-tendered because they're not going to be getting rid of Matt Olson or uh, Chris Bassett, Jake Diegman, who could be the closer if uh, things work out for him. Uh, Matt Chapman's making a, a few million dollars, uh, estimated at least. Uh, Chad Pinder, Frankie Montas, Lou Trevino. Those are the only guys that are making over a million dollars. So, uh, maybe, maybe Trevino, I don't know. But again, bullpen is a need right now. So they're not going to be just casting guys away unless they're done with them. So just real quick to wrap this all up, uh, with those, basically with, if they cut Canna and cut Manaya, that'd be roughly $12 million saved on the A's end, which according to the estimates would put their payroll at around $56 million, which is a lot easier to work with if you're the A's, if you're 
just putting in guys that make the major league minimum for one or two of those guys and then spend a little bit more in free agency, you can get to that $85 million figure relatively easily without even trying to move Chris Davis or Steven Biscotti. Uh, you got, you know, money just freed up right there. So I think that's probably, that's how I see it happening. Uh, we'll have to see more on the reporting and whatnot, what happens with all that. But uh, we should know which direction the A's are going here in the next couple of weeks. But anyways, coming up, I have a bullpen trade target for the A's to consider. So stay locked in with Locked On A's. I will be right back. Today's episode is brought to you guys by the best tasting protein bar ever. That's right, we're talking about Built Bar. The new and improved Built Bar is even more deliciouser, and they have 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors, six new flavors, which include caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. They also have their original 12 flavors. I've run through these before. They're all delicious. They're all protein bars that taste like candy bars. They're all 100% covered in chocolate, and they are soft and easy to chew. And all of these bars are built for the health-conscious person, so you can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. And all of the bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and great for the keto diet. So, all you got to do to take advantage of this offer that I'm going to tell you about is go to BuiltBar.com and enter promo code Locked On. That is one word, Locked On. You get a free cooler with purchase. That's one of the cool things that you get with the promo code Locked On. But you also get 20% off of your next order at BuiltBar.com. So all you got to do, go to BuiltBar.com, enter code Locked On, and you get 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Welcome back to the Locked On A's podcast. If you're enjoying today's show, please subscribe wherever you like hearing podcasts. And also, please tell a friend about the podcast because everybody needs their A's content during the offseason. And this is your place to get it. So tell a friend, have some fun. Also, make sure that you follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I am at ByJasonB on Twitter. And if you have any mailbag questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. So as promised, let's talk about trade candidates for the A's bullpen in 2021. Here we go. First trade candidate I got is a person that I learned about a couple of weeks ago, and I have been dying to talk about this person. And uh, is he available? I have no idea. I asked the Locked On Royals host, and he's like, I hope they don't trade him. But uh, his feelings be damned. I want him, so we're going to get him. That reliever is Josh Stomont of the Kansas City Royals. He is 26. He was a second round pick of the Kansas City Royals in 2015 and is an arbitration eligible until after the 2023 season. So right off the bat, you can see why I like him for the Oakland A's. He is cost controlled. That is something that's wonderful, but he is, there's even more than just him not making a lot of money to like about Josh Thomas. Here we go. Uh, the other major, major selling point is that he throws gas, like 100 mile an hour gas. And that is something that the A's do not have in their bullpen. Uh, I mean, they got a, Lou Trevino throws hard, I guess, but Sure. Uh, and with Hendricks gone, they don't got a lot of hard thrown guys. And the bullpens in all of the playoff teams have gas. And this is something that I think the A's could uh, do on the cheap right here if they make this trade for Josh Nauman. And on top of throwing 100 miles an hour with his fastball, he also has a low 80s curveball. And I just love that combination from relievers. You got the high heat and then the curveball that just drops off the table right there. You don't know which one you're going to get. Uh, th that's a fun combination. He's a two-pitch pitcher. So really, you can sit on one if you want to, but good luck because he's great. Uh, his fastball velocity is in the 99th percentile and his whiff percentage is in the 94th percentile. So, uh, you know, he gets the whiff. 
gifts. And that's something that the A's also need in their bullpen with uh, Liam Hendricks leaving. They got Jake Diekman, who gets enough whiffs right there, but you need somebody to replace those other whiffs from Liam Hendricks, and this could be the guy for the A's. Would he be the closer? Probably not. They probably want him like the seventh inning because he's still fairly young and new to the major leagues, but he would definitely be a valuable piece for the A's to add to their bullpen for 2021. And one more thing, his curveball spin rate is also in the 91st percentile. So these are all great trends that you want to see from somebody who throws baseballs. He's got uh, the whiffs, he's got the spin rate, he's got the velocity. I like all of those things. And there's a few other analytical reasons to also fall in love with him, but I'm going to move on to some of the other broader things. Uh, like maybe some reasons to be wary. Uh, I just want to get paint, paint the full picture because uh, I've been sitting on this for two weeks. So maybe I got a little too excited. So here's the other side of the picture for you guys. Uh, his exit velocity against, which sat at 94.4 miles an hour, is fairly hard. Uh, that gave him a hard hit rate of 50%, which is way too hard or way too often. And uh, that was in the second percentile. That is not where you want to be with hard hit rate. But at the same time, with that whiff rate, how often are they making contact? So it goes a little bit of both ways on that one. And to fix that, it might just be as simple as, you know, improving his pitch mix a little bit and making him a little bit more unpredictable. Uh, maybe that's all it takes, but, you know, it, maybe we're adding a third pitch, you know, work on a changeup or something. I don't know. So the main knock against him is that hard hit rate. And one that could go kind of either way is his launch angle against, which was 23 degrees in 2020. Again, short sample size, so not a lot to go on with that. And the reason that's important is because the sweet spot is generally uh, 25 and 35 degrees, but somewhere in between that range is kind of what you're aiming for as a batter to hit home runs. That's uh, that's the sweet spot, as they call it. So um, there's that. But also, his home run per fly ball ratio was only 6.9 degrees, which isn't terrible for a fly ball pitcher. Again, small sample size, so it's kind of hard to see which one would win out in a longer season, but uh, basically with any pitcher, I always say if you put them in Oakland, they should be fine. So uh, I would definitely take that. I want that swing and miss that he has in there. Uh, a lesser concern for me is also his walk rate, which sat at 5.61 walks per nine, which is typically a little bit high for me. Usually anything that's above like three, three and a half, uh, I'm a little bit wary of. But for a pitcher that induces so many swings and misses and has the kind of stuff that Stallman has, I'm okay with the walk rate being a little bit higher. If they if he could get it down to like 4-2, 4, 3-7-5, somewhere in there, I'd be very happy. And the reason I'm even, you know, a little okay with his walk rate being as high as it was is his strikeout rate was also just below 13. It was like 12-9-2 or something like that. So he gets the, the strikeouts and... That's kind of what you want out of the bullpen, especially if you're going to keep the uh, the runner on second rule. You need guys that can strike people out in the 10th inning when there's already somebody on second base. That's why they were using Liam Hendricks there so often uh, or, you know, whoever their strikeout guy was, as opposed to somebody who, you know, works for grounders or something like that. So uh, I think that he'd be a nice weapon for the A's, especially because in the playoffs this season, we saw a lot of the A's pitchers just live in the strike zone and perhaps a little bit too much, they could potentially need somebody that would make hitters expand the zone a little bit more, maybe a little bit more effectively wild. And I think that Josh Stallman is kind of an effectively wild pitcher. Uh, so what would it take to gain somebody like this in the A's bullpen? Add some gas to the A's hot stove? Well, uh, I think that that at least partly depends on how close the Royals feel they are to contention and how tightly they hold their relief pitchers. Uh, my personal line of reasoning with relief pitchers in general, especially during a rebuild, is uh, if my team's window were at least two years away, I'd trade any bullpen arms that had any value 
because uh, they're they're so fickle. You don't know what you're going to get from them from year to year. We had, uh, you know, as I've said a couple times now, uh, Liam Hendricks was DFA'd in 2018, came back, was the starter, sort of, uh, in that wild card game, and then he became the best reliever in baseball over 2019-2020. So uh, you never know what you're going to necessarily get. Blake Trinan had a historic year as a reliever, and then all of a sudden, had a five ERA the next year. You don't know what you're getting. You got to capitalize on those guys when you can and get some trade value. If the if the Royals could get something for him, maybe you take a chance on him. If your window is two or three years away, I know that he would still be under contract, but is he going to be an elite pitcher by that time? Is he going to be like a Josh Hader by that time? Or is he just going to be like an okay guy? You got to hit while the iron's hot. And that's something that these tend to do uh, when they trade away their players. And I think that just because he is a bullpen piece, that if the Royals got a decent offer for him, that they could make a deal for him. Uh, so that's kind of what I'm going for in this trade scenario. Uh, the A's have a lot of outfield depth, and if they were to offer somebody like a Luis Barrera or Dustin Fowler and another piece or something like that, maybe that would be enough to make the Royals pick up the phone and start having that conversation. Um, I think that outfield depth is something that the A's can pull from because they have you know some guys that are close in AAA and whatnot. So, uh, and not all of them are going to get playing time. What are you going to do with them except for keep them in AAA forever? Uh, might as well use them because you have some holes to fill and I just feel like you have to trade them at some point if you're not going to use them in 2021 and this could be that point that they would think about trading some of these guys and again it all depends on when the Royals think that they will be competitive again because would you rather have a reliever that you're counting on for you know three or four years down the line or would you rather have an outfielder that could develop with your team be become a part of that core and then be ready for you when you need him uh, when you start competing so uh, I think that it's a, a decent fair question to ask uh, especially when you're trading a reliever who's going to get into 50 games a year and instead you get somebody who's going to be playing 160 and they have more years of control I think that it's a, a deal that you got to consider if you're the Royals um, you, you could go with either Barrera who has the the defense and the speed and you know a pretty decent bat that's kind of their type of player I think that that would be somebody that they would be targeting in this trade and I do want to make clear that uh, I don't think that the Royals are necessarily looking to move Stallman this winter but if the A's came with a package that included a player like Barrera and, or you know maybe a couple of guys in their 15 to 20 prospect range you know an arm and an outfield or something like that then it would definitely at least pique their interest and so that's what I'm kind of making on is just you know getting them interested in what they could get for this guy and then seizing on that interest that you created and I know that trading for a bullpen arm isn't necessarily always the best call, especially since the A's can turn seemingly anybody into a reliable bullpen piece these days. But guys that throw 100 with a big curveball don't really grow on trees either. So I think that you got to kind of bite the bullet and get what you can get when you can get it. And uh, I think that Josh Stallman is one of those guys with the Royals who are still rebuilding. Maybe you can go ahead and not pick their pocket because right? he's they, they know what he is and they would get you know a decent return. But I think that that's somebody who could help the A's in 2021. And I mean, let's face it, the odds are that this A's team is going to start getting broken up in the next season or two. So you may as well start using some of that prospect capital to make a run with this team while they're still together, right? Give yourself the best opportunity to go after a title. And, uh, you know, once the big names start getting moved around, that farm system depth is going to be replenished from, you know, trading the guy. I don't want to say their names because then it makes me sad. But once they, the guys that we all love and enjoy start getting traded, then the, the firm system will get replenished on its own. So uh, you don't really got to worry about the, the depth right there in the long term. Uh, so y you may as well just go for the title right now. What do you got to lose? Uh, make, make some big trades. Go after Josh Stallman and uh, make me happy. 
So uh, yeah, let me know what you guys think about trading for Josh Tomlin. Maybe I didn't do a great job of building him up, but I'm excited about a guy that throws uh, 100 miles an hour with a big curveball and a lot of strikeouts and uh, that seemingly uh, Royals fans are excited about. So uh, let's go let's go get him and in turn make Royals fans sad. That's the other uh, nice part of this trade if it happens. Anyways, that's going to be it for me today, you guys. Enjoy your Monday. If you haven't already, make sure to vote on Tuesday or drop off your ballot beforehand. It doesn't matter to me. Just make sure you vote. Um, so yeah, that's going to be it for me today, you guys. Stay indoors. Celebrate good times, Oakland. Keep wearing those masks. And I will talk about more bullpen targets tomorrow.